folks, and welcome to The Bend Show, your outlet for everything outdoors and Western lifestyle. I'm your host, Rebecca Warner, aka Beck, and joining along shotgun as always is my co-host, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Shotgun, baby. <laughs> He's Shotguns. excited. He's excited. Shotgun, as baby. always, know that we love hearing from y'all, your comments, stories, ideas. You can get a hold of us anytime, call or text 305 900 2363. Again, that's 305 900 2363. Or drop us an email at benradioshow at gmail.com. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Yes, Tigger is excited. He is decked out in his field gear as I am. He's got a lot of orange on. We'll put it that way. And the uh, nephews are outside sitting here going, come on, come on, let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. Pheasant season is here. And uh, this past time that we greatly enjoy in our family, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. especially for Tigger and I, because we annually take time to host our family and friends in which it is all about the kids. Yep. That's probably why we love pheasant hunting so much is that with proper firearm safety, it's a thrilling activity that is also rewarding when we get to watch the youth take down, say, their first bird. Smiling or, ear to ear. Yes, there's an older member in the crew that's maybe taking one of his last birds you yep. never know, yep. but he got to be a part of it. So whether you're using a 410, a 20-gauge, 12-gauge shotgun, upland bird hunting fits the whole crew. Our first news story, Arkansas alligator season. What? For many across the United States, hunting for alligators may not have ever crossed one's mind to think about going to Arkansas. I want to go to Arkansas now. Well, as it turns out, since 2007, alligator hunting has been growing as both a recreational activity as well as a way to keep the species from becoming invasive. Really? This year, yeah, the alligator season spanned over two of the last weekends of September, and the harvest broke previous records of tagged alligators with 200 and two alligators harvested. I checked into this a little further and it turns out the alligator Arkansas population statewide is hoovering right around 3,000 animals. So next year it's going to be 203 because the (laughs) T-Man is going to tag one. Last week, we reported on a scary near-death grizzly attack outside of Yellowstone National Park in the Custer-Gallatin National Forest. We are saddened to report that another grizzly attack happened last weekend, this one resulting in two fatalities and the loss of a dog. Parks Canada officials were notified on September 29th at 8 p.m. by an emergency alert from a Garmin in-reach device. The GPS alert came from within the Banff National Park in a remote area in the Red Deer River Valley in Canada. Immediately, a first responders unit mobilized. However, weather conditions prevented a helicopter from flying in and the response team traveled on foot to the GPS coordinates, arriving at the scene of a double fatal grizzly attack at 1 a.m. The first responders found two deceased individuals and their deceased dog. Also still lurking nearby, the first responders encountered a grizzly bear displaying aggressive behavior, which was euthanized on site. This is a chilling story, folks, that no one ever wants to share. A family member of the hikers did tell CBC News that the hikers had wilderness experience, lived for being in the backcountry, and knew 
the bear protocol and followed it to a T. The same family member also explained that the two hikers had sent them an in-reach message at 5 p.m. on that evening, letting family know that they had made camp for the night, meaning that the victims were not traveling in the woods after dark or setting up camp when the grizzly bear attacked. A full investigation is underway as this now marks the second fatal grizzly attack in North America in 2023. Definitely not news anybody ever wants to have to share, but it also sheds light again on why we need to be prepared before heading to the backcountry wilderness areas that have bears because there has been an uptick in attacks regardless of fatal or not across North America this year. Absolutely be carrying bear spray and practice it so you are prepared to use it immediately. One of those things we talk about a lot of times before we head out to the field with any of your gear, practice beforehand. That includes yep. that bear spray. Yep. Understand how to use it. And I'll be one to tell you right now, I've carried it on my side. It's not as easy as you just simply think you're going to pull it off your belt and use it. Do understand how to operate that bottle. Also, those of you looking to hunt, think about this. You need to be watching for bear signs. Be cautious around creeks, areas with limited visibility, and as well as when you are hunting. Have you thought about this? Your elk calls, your cover scents, they actually attract bears. The elk call attracts bears? Yes. Yes. In a way, think about it okay, as Okay, that makes sense a now that I just bell. thought about it. Yep. Bring the equipment and people needed to help field dress your game. You know, elk, moose, whatever it might be that you're going after, these are large animals and you need to be able to remove that meat from the kill site as soon as possible. And if you need to leave part of your meat in the field during retrieval, hang it at least 10 feet off the ground. And when you go to retrieve it, be sure you observe that meat with binoculars before disturbing and walking right up on it. I have a lot more tips to share before you head into the backcountry. Be sure to head to thebenshow.com for the full listing. Stay where you are. When we come back, we are talking pheasant hunting. This is Ben and you are listening to The Ben Show. Are the Florida Keys calling your name? Have you dreamed of catching exotic mahi-mahi, red snapper, sailfish, grouper? Blue Water Girl Charters can fulfill your dreams of saltwater fishing excitement. Book today, full or half-day charters. Let Blue Water Girl Charters make your dreams a reality. Blue Water Girl Charters, follow on Facebook for booking and more information. Blue Water Girl Charters, catch dinner and memories. You've waited, dreamt of a hunting adventure, and now have harvested that trophy of a lifetime. Keep the memory alive with a custom-designed mount, preserved as a work of art. Check out our approved taxidermist, depending on your location. The award-winning Schneider Taxidermy is located in Helena, Montana. When hunting the Dakotas, JB's Wildlife Designs in Mandan, North Dakota. Then Shadron Creek Taxidermy in Nebraska. And for the Central USA, Little Rack Taxidermy in Macomb, Illinois. Reach out to The Ben Show and let us help you find the right taxidermist. 
The holidays are around the corner and finding that thoughtful gift is always the goal. We have the perfect idea for you. Meet author Rochelle Barrett, The Prairie Crocus. I welcome you to my world, a collection of poems, love notes, and essays about ranch life, motherhood, and life lessons from the prairie in my new book, Anthology, in 2024 Ranch Life Calendar. Order both today at prairie-crocus.com. Beautiful photos with words that speak to the heart and soul. prairie crocus.com turning thoughts into writings from the heart a perfect gift in time for the holidays Welcome back to your outlet for outdoors and Western lifestyle, The Bend Show. I am your host, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, and riding along shotgun is my co-host, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Now, pheasant season opener is upon us up yeah, here baby. where we live. <laughs> <laughs> Tigger is decked out, ready to hit the field. He's got a little, let's just put that, he's got a lot of bright orange on him. Don't Blaze worry. orange is my color of choice today. Thank you very much. We will definitely see him. And uh, our nephews are pacing around outside the cabin going, will you two hurry up? Come on. And they should be very anxious because pheasant, uh, pheasant hunting, that is, has been spectacular in our area the last few years. But I want to share this story. Uh, when we took your nephew, Hank, mm-hmm. hunting a couple years ago. Remember that? And oh, he my got, gosh. He, he bagged the most beautiful pheasant rooster that I have seen in a lifetime. I mean, this was a mature dude. And Adam, his dad, was all excited. And Paula was all excited, his mom. And we were talking about mounting this bird. Yes. But none of us knew what to do. We did not know. Do we throw this thing in the freezer? What do we do? What is the procedure? So that kind of got me thinking a little bit. What if this happens again this year Mm -hmm. to any of us? And we want to preserve that memory. So here's what we did. We got a hold of award-winning taxidermist Rick Acker with Rough Rider Game Birds and visited a little bit more about the do's and don'ts because you never know, we may actually harvest that trophy this year. First off, this weekend would not be the right weekend to do it. Just about all pheasants will have pin feathers. It'll be way too pin feathery. During the mounting process, uh, if a bird has pin feathers, they will fall out. So you're going to have a bird that's not quite as full, uh, fully feathered as you would like. So you're much better off waiting till, uh, you know, I'd say November and then December. That is when they're prime. So that's a big mistake that people make. They get that first bird of the of the season. They think, uh, okay, it looks pretty nice. Uh, I want to get it mounted. But the way it looks, and then after you skin it out and you see all the pin feathers, those feathers just fall right out, and then you got a bird. Well, they're not a very desired result, and you wouldn't be happy with it. So my suggestion is wait till later in the year. We wait till later in the year. We get ourselves a nice bird. Do we throw it in the freezer? Is that what we're supposed to do? Okay, so it's pretty easy. What you do is you want to wrap a couple of areas with wet paper towel. You want to do the feet and then the area around the beak, or if it's a duck or a goose, around the bill, because those are the two areas that dry out. So during the mounting process, it'll make it a lot easier for your taxidermist to, to put that bird together and, once again, get a better result. One other thing I forgot to mention, you'd want to double wrap it in you know some sort of a plastic bag. So um, what I like to do on ducks would be a two-gallon freezer bag and double wrap it, you know, get all the air out of it, and then... And, you know, that bird will literally stay for 10 years 
in a uh, in a freezer if you if you do it correctly. Give us just kind of a general do's and don'ts as we're going out. We're thinking we might have a really good one f- to bring to you. Okay, first and foremost, the big mistake that people make, they get a wounded bird and they wring the neck, right? And uh, you don't want to do that. That stretches the neck. Uh, again, it's going to be something that your taxidermist is going to have to try to repair and you might end up with a bird that's got like a, a long looking neck. So that's number one of the do's and don'ts that you don't want to do. Number two, don't worry about blood. During the mounting process, uh, your bird's going to get washed anyway several times. So you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, washing them. Next thing, uh, if it's warm out, we tend to have a lot of warm days, you know, in October. Try to get that thing into a, some sort of a cooler just to keep it from uh, starting to have any slippage with the you know temps getting too warm. You know, you get this all the time. It's an old school thing. People, instead of putting them in plastic bags, they'll put them in pantyhose. You don't want to do that. That dries out. It literally takes the moisture out of the bird. And that is like the biggest enemy that a taxidermist has is skin drying out. So big, big don't right there. Rick Acker with Rough Rider Game Birds, award-winning taxidermist. Thank you very much for the time. All of those things are new to me because I would have done the wrong thing. Absolutely, absolutely, especially every tip down to when you harvest a bird. Sometimes when you go after them, you pick them up and they're still kind of squirming and it is very typical to wring the neck. Right. Great tip right there. That's a do not do. So since it is the pheasant opener where we live, I have a few did you knows or maybe a little quiz, if you will, about the ring neck pheasant. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Okay. Now, fact, with the exception of the hottest and most humid part of the United States in the southeast, pheasants are pretty much present in pretty much all the states and across Canada. They occur in a variety of habitats. They are non-migratory, which a lot of people don't know that, but Correct. they are non-migratory. And uh, do you know what the top states are for hunting pheasants? I would say South Dakota is number one. Number one by and far. North South Dakota, Dakota would probably be number two. It, it's kind of uh, back and forth there. North Dakota, Montana, Nebraska, Colorado. I would say Kansas has to be Kansas right in there. Kansas is in there. Minnesota is in mm-hmm. there. Iowa, those are kind of the most popular states to hunt the ringneck pheasant. Yes. And the reason why I threw North Dakota number two is because I know how the southern part of North Dakota and that southwest region borders South Dakota, and it's a hot spot. Did you know the ringneck pheasant actually take a dust bath? To remove oil, dirt, parasites, dead skin cells, old feathers. Well, I did of kind of know that because that's similar to what chickens well, do. Well, because you're Beck. Of course you know that stuff. <laughs> um, do you know then what a group of pheasants is called? This, I had no idea I had to look this one up. I guess I always assumed it was a flock. It is called a brace, a plump, a trip, a plume, or a bouquet. <gasps> You just schooled back. I, I had no idea that it was called that. Now, you can find them just about everywhere in those states that we mentioned, everywhere from uh, open agricultural fields to grasslands, pastures, hay fields, riparian areas, cattails, wetlands, ditches, sloughs. You can find them just about everywhere. So let's go into the field, okay? So Here's where we're going to be doing this in just a few minutes. Okay, we're walking through the field, right? Mm-hmm. And it those of you that have hunted pheasants, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When they jump up in front of you, it doesn't matter how many times you do this, they scare you to death, right? They give Every you a heart day. attack. They give you a heart attack. Now, 
Pheasants, as we know, can fly short distances, but they do prefer to run because those people that have hunted them, that's why we hunt in certain styles and ways where some people post at the end of tree rows because those buggers, they they prefer to run. They want to run uh, out the end. So how fast can a pheasant run? Take oh, a guess at this. I there, never expected Beck. you to ask that question. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to know 30 miles an hour. Holy smokes. Are you kidding me? This is Well, it sure seems they get out of there fast. This is the roadrunner here. It's not the Tasmanian <laughs> devil. They can reach speeds up to 10 miles an hour when they're running. However, when they are flushed, okay, and they jump up and they crackle and they make that noise and they burst into the sky, how fast can they fly? This, I had no idea. I didn't think this was the case. But how fast can they fly? I don't know. I'm going to stick with my 30 mile per hour again. Times two. 60 they miles per hour they can fly? achieve speeds exceeding 60 miles per hour. No wonder we got to be quick. No wonder you have to be fast on the trigger that they say. So that is a little bit about the ring neck pheasant. And for those of you that are in the northeastern part, what state is considered the best for pheasant hunting in the northeast? Take a guess. In the northeast? In the northeast. I'm going to say Pennsylvania. Maine. Really? Maine is considered the hot spot in the northeast for hunting the ring neck the ring neck pheasant, excuse me. Well, I think we need to make a trip to Maine. I think we need to hunt in all the states and hunt some pheasants. So there's a little facts for you on this, the opening day where we're at for pheasant season. So Beck, I am out of here. Will you wrap this thing? Because I'm all excited. Well, I wait all year for this. All I can say is I think we're now, thanks to you there, Tigger, we are all now in the know and ready to go pheasant hunting. You got it. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we've got news from the field you're going to want to hear, as well as a wild turkey recipe you got to try. What is this wee business? You can come back finishing up. I'm going to the truck. I'm loading shotguns. Waterfowl, turkey, deer, ToxicCalls.com offers all of the various styles of calls needed to take your hunt to the next level when you create quite simply the most real sound yet. American made to boot. Order today. ToxicCalls.com. Before you head to the next rodeo, a concert, maybe a gathering on or off the ranch, we head to Medora Boot and Western Wear. Tigger and back here for Medora Boot and Western Wear, latest Western fashion in boots, jackets, and hats. From durable ranch wear to keeping the horses in sturdy tack, visit MedoraBoot.com to order. Or better yet, plan to visit Medora, North Dakota and shop Medora Boot and Western Wear. Again, go to MedoraBoot.com. You can follow on Facebook and tell them Tigger and Beck sent you. Passionate about hunting, conservation, learning, and encouraging others? Watch Buckstorm on YouTube. Weekly videos about what it's really like hunting the Black Hills. Regardless the trophy or left empty-handed, Buckstorm on YouTube shares the real stories. Subscribe today, Buckstorm. OverTheEdgeOutdoors.org, a nonprofit providing veterans and active service members with opportunities to hunt and fish at no cost to them. For more information or to donate, check out OverTheEdgeOutdoors.org. Again, that's OverTheEdgeOutdoors.org. Our shows, well, they're your shows. Is there something that you'd like to hear? A segment, perhaps, that you would like to have a little more often? Like something, don't like something, it doesn't matter. Let us know. Call the hotline, email us, or message us on social media. We love hearing from y'all. 
Welcome back to your outlet for outdoors and Western lifestyle. I'm your host, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Back. Tigger and I get asked frequently, where do we get our boots, hats, shirts, jeans? Well, we head to Medora Boot and Western Wear. Hi, this is Kim with Medora Boot and Western Wear. And just wanted to let you all know we have in a bunch of new cinch fall outerwear. Jackets, vests, everything for guys and gals and kids. We're open 10 till 5 every day except closed Tuesdays. Thank you. Medora Boot and Western Wear. You can find them at MedoraBoot.com. Give them a follow on Facebook. Medora Boot Western Wear. Be sure to check them out. And if you do stop in the store, ask for Kim and definitely tell them that Tigger and Beck told you to check them out. Heading to the field, we have Heather Crowey. During a memorial catfish tournament, a monster catfish was caught and landed. Here she is with the details. Anthony Maggart landed a monster catfish during a fishing tournament earlier this summer in memory of a longtime riverbend angler. Maggart, the owner and operator of Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, Illinois, and his fishing partner, Justin Wolf, landed, get this, a 104.3 pound blue cat. You heard me right, 104 pound cat near the Clark Bridge. The anglers were out there competing in a tournament honoring their friend, Vicki Mathena of Collinsville, who Mathena was known to many as the Mississippi Queen. She had lost her battle to cancer July 26, 2022. Can you imagine snagging a fish like that, Beck? Let alone on the kayak. I don't know. That's a whole lot of kitty cat. Congratulations to Justin and Anthony on quite a catch. Heather, you are correct. I can't imagine reeling in something like that. 104 pounds while sitting in a kayak. Next. Heather, I know you've been trying some new recipes, especially to use up that wild game we may have sitting in the freezers before our new harvest comes in. And you were telling me about a turkey recipe, wild turkey recipe that you gave a thumbs up to. Why don't you share this recipe with the rest of us? I thought I'd share something that we tried last night. It's from the Wild Bounty Special Edition Game Cookbook. It's from the National Turkey Federation. And the recipe that we tried last night was turkey tenders parmesan. I was going through the freezer, and Beck, I know you guys do this too, trying to keep food fresh in the freezer. Hopefully it doesn't get buried, you know, and you find it the next season or a little bit later than that. But I found one, and I pulled it out. And like I said, the recipe we tried was turkey tenders parmesan. Take one egg, a half a bottle of ranch dressing, mix those two one and a half cups of breadcrumbs, or I use saltine crackers last night because I didn't have any breadcrumbs, and mix in with that a quarter to a half a cup of grated Parmesan cheese, eight to 10 strips of wild turkey breast, and two tablespoons of olive oil. So you're gonna dip your slices into the egg batter, and then dredge it into the breadcrumbs and the Parmesan. Make sure your oil is good and hot. I use cast iron. Beck, I know Tigger loves to use the Dutch oven, but we use cast here quite a bit. Make sure that olive oil is good and hot. You're gonna brown the turkey on both sides and cook until it runs clear. If you try it and it's still not quite tender enough to your liking, you could actually put a lid on it and simmer it just a couple more minutes and it should be ooh la la. 
give it a try. Like I said, it's something we tried last night. We're trying to use up some of the wild game. If anybody has any other recipes, I am definitely looking for a dove recipe to try. Love to have you share it. I'll try to post some pictures. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Okay, I gotta admit, Heather, that one there sounds delicious. Wild turkey tenders parmesan. Yum. We're going to have the recipe posted right there for y'all on the bendshow.com website. And I'm going to repeat just as Heather said, if you have some recipes that we got all try, please send them our way. And myself or Heather or Tigger, we will cook them up, give our thoughts and give a review and make sure that you are on your way to eating something delicious the whole family will love. To submit your recipe, send it to bendradioshow at gmail.com. Again, that's bendradioshow at gmail.com. We sure can't wait to give it a try. Once again, we covered a lot this week, folks, so we're going to call this show wrapped. Thank you to my producer and sound engineer, co-host Jeff Tigger Earhart, to our guest this week, award-winning taxidermist Rick Acker of Rough Rider Game Birds on his do's and don'ts for taxidermy bird mounting, and to Benfield staffer Heather Crowey of Little Rack Taxidermy for the latest reports. Remember, folks, to keep sending in any questions you might have. Know of something spot-worthy for us to share a recipe with we need to test out as well as your area's field reports. That number again is 305-900-2363. Again, that's 305-900-2363. You can call or text us at any time, or you can get a hold of us by email, bendradioshow at gmail.com. And as always, tag us on social media at The Ben Show. We love hearing and seeing your life on or off the trail. If you missed part of this episode or you want to hear past shows, you can find them all on the website, thebendshow.com. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app as well as to The Bend Show YouTube channel. Looking to change things up for your next event, conference, or awards banquet? Think about having us, Tigger and Beck, entertain your crowd. We are PRCA Pro Rodeo card holders, where Tigger is a pro rodeo announcer, and we are PRCA music directors. From MCs to event headliners, public speakers to acting as a host couple, or you know what? Like we said, we know rodeo. Think about having us. We cover every topic from ranching, cattle, hunting, fishing, camping to rodeo, plus so much more, including did you know even that Tigger? is also an auctioneer. Try spicing up your next upcoming event by having us, Tigger and Beck. Thank you to our partners, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ditelli Outdoors, The Prairie Crocus, Blue Water Girl Charters, Buckstorm, Little Rack Taxidermy, Mickey's Mustard, ToxicCalls.com, Wobbleo Creek Outfitters, Atlas Tracks, RFD TV, and Wrangler. Finally, a big thanks to all of you listeners out there that came along. And whether you're coming or going today, stay with us as we ranch it up. And remember to keep up with me, Beck, all week long by following The Bend on Facebook and on Instagram at The Bend Show. This is Rebecca Warner. Catch Beck if you can next week on The Bend. <laughs>